Hello my friends, E.K. The Writing Health here with another episode of the story, The Black Blood Story. Black Blood is a futuristic story depicting the life and times of a fictitious Jamaican police commissioner named Watson, Shaky Watson. The commissioner was nearing the end point of his career when he was to run smack dab into the count, Count Lasco, and a strange thing started to happen. Come along, let's take a trip down Kingston Way. Note, Black Blood Trace the Family Tree is now available on Amazon Kindle. Now, here is today's episode, continuing from where we left off last time. Jamaica was the destination of choice in those days for people in search of premium medical and dental services and she was also a major hub for commercial activities in the Caribbean and South America. There was something special happening there that day, one could feel it. An unusually high number of limousines was floating around the streets of Montego Bay. Helicopters were flying overhead too. Must be something big going on, or someone special coming to town. Montego Bay was the home of one of the most sought-after medical facilities, not just in the Caribbean as it was, but in the world at large in those days. If you have got money and you happen to get sick, Jamaica was the place to go for world-class care, and dental care in Jamaica was right up there among the best of them too. Jamaica built it and the people came. As it turned out, it was the President of the United States of America who was in town. Not the sitting President however, but two digits back from the then sitting President. But everyone already knows that, once a President, always a President, you know. He was in town for emergency surgery. He was having prostrate issue for some time the story was told, and had tried everything that one could think of in the great big USA. Nothing seemed to work for him on that side, so our roads, our flights, was to lead down to Jamaica. Chapter 9. Blood was everywhere. There was blood everywhere, red, hot, delicious hemoglobin. It was being reported as a murder-suicide, but Sergeant Kennedy had his suspicion from the get-go. Rima and Saeed were students studying at the University of Jamaica in Montego Bay. Both of them would have ended up lying dead on a dorm room floor, murder-suicide, the news report said. But Commissioner Shaky Watkins as well as Sergeant Kennedy and many of the locals had their suspicions. Commissioner Watkins just walked away shaking his head at the incredulity of the whole thing. No further comments, he said, brushing off a slew of reporters as he walked by their pokey probing microphone lens. He would shortly afterwards go on to end his career on the highest note, being awarded one of the country's highest honor, Order of the Nation, ON, as well as receiving commendations for a stellar squeaky clean record of service to the country. Although, the list of those who doubted that the commission's hand were as squeaky clean as they were made out to be had been growing longer by the day down Jamaica way. Rima was an international student studying in a Jamaican university. She was from a Middle Eastern country, but most people mistook her to be Asian. She just hated it when they called her the P-word, 
Rima had met and fell in love with Saeed and Campos, a strict no-no for a Middle Eastern young lady already betrothed to be married on her return home from school. Saeed also being from the same region and culture and having first-hand knowledge as to what it all meant was taking things really slow, being careful and hoping for the best. Rima, on the other hand, was fast developing a taste for the wild and risky. She would have run into Suave and Debanir Count Lasco and was immediately smitten. From then on, Rima would alternate her time between campus life and the penthouse atop the Jamaica calling where Count Lasco had set up his little love nest. He was spending much and increasingly more time in Jamaica in those days. Rima, he had found out, was unlike any other girl he had ever met before. Very caring and attentive, none other had ever made him feel as she did. And so he was being drawn into her more and more every day, to the chagrin of Saeed and others. When the semester ended in April and most of the other students turned their faces towards home, wherever in the world that happened to be that summer, Rima stayed on in Jamaica. She would have spent that summer in Jamaica opting for extracurricular activities on campus, but most of her time was really spent at the penthouse. Even though Lasco was not there all the time, he would leave her there and even took care of all of her needs for the duration of the stay there. As a matter of fact, Lasco had was to have taken on the responsibility for her tuition too, because it would appear as if Rima's family was dropping the axe on her support system. Not good for young Rima, but what does she care? September morning saw the return of many to campus life and studies. Saeed was back too, with more than just reports from home for Rima. He wanted to resume the relationship with her. Abdul, the man she was betrothed to, who had seemingly given up on the prospect of marriage with Rima, had begun looking elsewhere. As a matter of fact, the word was out that he had all but fully given up on her and was seeing someone else. Not seeing Lasco going on four months was beginning to take its toll on her psyche too. So, the devil was in the mix from then on, and Saeed's hope mounted at least by a degree or two. Trouble was brewing on several fronts though, and everyone knew it. Everyone but the lovey-dovey duo, until it was too late. After the death of the kid who was peddling the weed and then came the two students, both with links to the calling hotel and in particular to the penthouse, the commissioner found it necessary to make another courtesy call on sweet Sadie. Just a bit of poking around picking her wits to see what he could garner, trying to determine what she might have known. Didn't get much out of her at that time, but a portrait hanging from the wall did speak to him in an underhanded kind of way. There was something about that picture which beckoned to him, inviting him into a further investigation. He could not quite put his finger on what it was, but it was there. Sergeant Kennedy was at it again. He was out investigating the gruesome death of Rescue Roy when he met up with the commissioner. He also was to have met up that day with all of the doings of his past and everything changed from then on for the Sarge. Rescue Roy had gotten himself roasted crisp when he tried to light up his smoke. 
The only problem with that was that was just after he was done with rescuing fuel from Bernie's fuel tank via his suction hose. Roy was a very industrious fellow like that. Although times were good for the most part for many, some of the local people, for whatever reason, were falling through the cracks and finding it harder and harder to get a foothold in the big boom of the day. Rescue Roy wasn't going to let little things like that get in his way. He was a survivor and whatever it was going to take for him to survive, that was what he was going to do. He had always been a proponent of the virtues and the writings of Marcus Garvey whom he had touted as being the greatest Jamaican who had ever lived. Marcus said is how he would always begin every argument and he would be very quick to remind any and everyone who would bother to listen of the fact or his version of the fact. For example, he would say, Marcus said, if you can't find a job, then go create one. Therefore, in whatever way one may choose to look at whatever it may be that Roy could be found doing at any given point in time to make a living for himself, that was his job, which he may or may not have created for himself, but it was nonetheless his. Lasco was back in town and Commissioner Watkins would have summoned him for a meeting with him at a mutually acceptable spot. He obliged. Not much came from there, but they were to meet again on the Commissioner's terms. The ending was dramatically different that time. Find them at the bottom of a gravel pit. That's it my friends, that's it for today. I thank you for lending me your ear chime again. Come again next time when we shall bring you yet another episode of the story. Until then, I remain your best friend, E.K., the writing elk, and I am out. Mm -hmm.